<laughs> folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm -hmm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Driving Monsterama uh, Fall Edition, the Christopher Lee Tribute. This year surprised me because this is the first one of these I've ever seen where you're going on the website and saying, buy your tickets in advance because we can't guarantee you anymore that they will be tickets for the drive-up. Well, well we've had we've, desperation. We've actually been that for a while, but people never listen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we had to turn. Oh, we had to turn away. In April, we had to turn people away, and it really, that really pained us because we were at capacity. There is a such thing as sold out, and then there is what they call capacity. And the issue with capacity is means that there's absolutely no spots left. And unfortunately, because some of the visitors were sort of spread out in the camping area. We probably could have fit more people, which we could not. So that's why the Riverside has very cleverly restructured the camping area so that we can fit more people now. And, uh, you know, we've been telling people that we would try to fit people in for years, but we're now at the point with this event that we can't do that. So, you know, the warning is buy the tickets in advance or you may not get to see the movies. And this year is a good one. This is one of the few years I'm definitely regretting not come, not being able to make it. Uh, the Christopher uh, Lee tribute. This is the sort Christopher of a Lee centenary to... celebration. To be yeah. exact. <laughs> it is this a tribute. Is a, yeah. This so, is a, about sort of eighty percent of what you said so far is correct, Stephen. Eighty percent, man. I'm batting on hundred then, compared okay. to usually. Yeah. I'm usually like forty percent right. <laughs> but th isn't this sort of a sequel to the Christopher Lee? I mean, Peter Cushing tribute the Yins did a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was uh, in in 2013. We it would have been Peter Cushing's. Um, 100th birthday. I think he passed away 19 years earlier. Unfortunately, Christopher Lee only passed away uh, seven years ago, so he, he was around a lot longer. But uh, yeah, this is definitely a um, a sequel to the Peter Cushing. This is kind of like uh, harkens back to the old uh, uh, September editions where we showed a lot of this kind of like the Cushing Lee uh, Vincent Price. You know, occasional Karloff films, 
but yeah, it's definitely I, I would definitely think it's a follow up because it's kind of, it's kind of like a throwback, and we're noticing more and more a, a lot of uh, our followers now didn't get to see those shows or didn't attend those shows, so they were like, wow, right. you know, when they see some of the lineups, they're like really like, you know, pretty taken back at some of the stuff we showed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, saying... go ahead. We're currently working on updating the complete list on the on the Facebook page as well, which will show uh, all the shows back to the very, very beginning. So that's going to happen in the next few days. But there's been absolutely so much going on with uh, with our advertising and promotion right now. In fact, today, uh, George just uh, put up the incredible raffle basket. We love that, right, George? You want to talk a few seconds about the raffle basket before we move on? Yeah, the, no the raffle Wicker basket. Man stuff in it. Boo. Well, the Wicker Man stuff is very hard to get, and um, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you <laughs> quickly about that. I did try to get some Wicker Man items, but you can only get certain things, and most of it is like Etsy and and their private, you know, uh, sellers, and they're and they're not in the U.S. Most of them are in you know Europe. Uh, or or specifically the United Kingdom, and the shipping yeah. on some of that stuff was just, you know, and I didn't know if it would get here in time. That's another thing. You, you know, stuff gets lost in the mail. So, I, yeah, yeah. well, I would, yeah, well, the, the, all the items in the basket pertain to Christopher Lee. It's, it's, you know, mostly monster items centered around, you know, merchandise, merchandising of, of his Hammer characters. There's a, you know, we have the Curse Frankenstein mask. We have three Miko figures of his Hammer Horror monsters, the three big ones from the that he first portrayed in the fifties, including Dracula and uh, and, and, and the monster and the mummy, which he only only played those two once. And a couple I've other seen little the new items. Miko, uh, Dracula, it's sweet. Yeah. So, and we got a, we did get a one one Etsy item is a custom. Christopher Lee bust. It's it's Dracula, but it's not it's not with the fang, so it's more of like a portrait kind of thing. I wanted something that wasn't. I, I didn't you know I didn't want it to be like old Dracula, but of, like I said, a lot of the products uh, items related to Christopher Lee's likeness are, are centered around Dracula now. Unless you know you go with the, the James Bond or more recently like the Lord of the Rings movies. But we did manage to get a uh, authentic Christopher Lee autograph, which is uh, on a great eight by ten color still of the from the Man with the Golden Gun, James Bond movie, and uh, I, I think it's a really nice basket, you know. Uh, I, 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 yeah, but it's one of the best. Hey, ones George. I've ever done. I like it a yes. lot. And George, you know, don't don't forget to mention your uh, runner up prize too, because that bitch. I'm sorry, what was that? The, he Don't said forget the to mention up. the runner-up prize, too. Oh, yeah, we, we were just about to do that. The runner-up prize was... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Exclusively, exclusively commissioned painting from Phoenix Jenkins. It's a one-off only of Christopher Lee. It's beautiful. Um, you know, she's an extremely talented uh, artist. Um, her dad is Richie, and they are Monster Mars, and they will be at the show uh, doing um, vending. So stop by and see the great stuff that they have, and check out some of Phoenix's one-off paint. Done some great paint. We're so happy to work with them and have a commissioned painting that we can that we can raffle off. 
Yeah, we chose the. Yeah, we chose. I, I think she she asked us like what we wanted to do, and I, 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 I you know, I showed Jean like a, a, a portrait of Christopher Lee somewhere in the early early to mid '60s because I wanted him. I wanted a portrait of him in that period where he was just you know. Uh, you know, he just had a great, great look to him, a great, you know, and, and I didn't want it to be Dracula, of course. So I wanted it to be him. I wanted it to be Christopher Lee as a portrait, like a publicity photo type, a painting or something like that. And she really came <clears throat> through with that. Like, it's exactly what we wanted. You wanted a dapper. You didn't want just what everybody's looking looking at, like a Dracula or, or his monster. You wanted how oh, dapper he was. Yeah, well, he definitely was. He was a he was a, a handsome guy, very photogenic. I just wanted something where he was just, you know, not portraying like a character with a lot of makeup on, just basically a, uh, yeah, publicity photo kind of thing. We talked about it having a spooky castle in the background. I thought it was completely ridiculous. <laughs> we didn't want something that was a caricature. Of That's something that the real Christopher Lee would have rolled his eyes at. So absolutely, right? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, all that's coming up, and the T-shirts. Also, um, you know, we still have uh, some sizes left on those, and uh, the lanyards, maybe a few other small surprises. But I can't stress how important it is for everyone to pre-order, pay in advance, and pick up, because those shirts go so fast, especially when you have people coming up and buying two or three of them at a time, right? And, um, you know, uh, that's how they go so quick. Buying them for friends. And How much are stuff, the lanyards, so. guys? Uh, we're retailing them for five. Five. Uh, you know me. Can I get one put back? I do want to. Yeah. Win. Well, I, I listen. Yes. Whenever. Let me know. Don't even. No, don't worry about that. And listen, when I see you, and I assume you'll be at Monster Bash in October. I'll bring one along for you. How's that? All right. He's a lanyard right, Okay. I, well, I use my work all the time. Hello. Well, we'll get you one. How's that? I think it's uh, uh, great you. that you're uh, starting uh, Friday 23rd with uh, pretty much his very first big horror role, which is the Curse of Frankenstein. That was the plan. Yeah, that was the plan from the beginning. Um, yeah, that's uh, that was something we haven't shown before. Um, uh, Warner Brothers uh, has, you know, remastered it, made it available in a new transfer. Uh, they 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 had 35 millimeters years, prints years ago, but they like had to put it out the pasture because it was in really bad shape. I'd actually seen it; it was horrendous. So we had to wait for for that to subside, you know. And now that now it's available, and uh, it's going to look really nice. And uh, yeah, that's I think that's a good opening. So and, and plus, getting back to what you said about being the sequel to Cushing, you're getting you're really getting a, a big Cushing treat uh, with the Curse of Frankenstein, and, and we have a couple other Cushing Lee team up. So, the Curse is a great way to start. And if you notice, there's no Hammer Dracula's in the program uh, because we showed most of the Hammer Dracula's in the past. I wanted to do something a little different, and uh, I, nobody's complaining. Somebody did ask, "Did you show Horror?" It wasn't aware that we. I'm like, yeah, of course we showed Horror of Dracula. Um, we showed Dracula has risen from the grave. We showed Dracula AD seventy two. We showed Satanic Rise of Dracula. We showed Taste the Blood of Dracula. We showed Scars of Dracula. 
So yeah. the only one, the only hammer of Dracula with Lee we didn't show yet is, is uh, Dracula, Prince of Darkness. But uh, yeah, so we, but we got the Frankenstein, the one Frankenstein he did, and I think it is a good opener. Yeah. Yeah. It's a monster kid's delight. So if you're monster kids, if you like the older stuff, and again, Gene and I encourage you people to come to this because it's like we're this is a throwback to to the earlier or the mid period monster ramas where we were showing a lot of yeah you know sixties seventies a lot of Lee Cushing you know the Amicus the Hammer stuff the AIP Joe Corman those kind of movies. And we don't know when we're going to, you know, depending on how this, how well this does, we don't know when, you know, we'll be doing something like this again. So if, if it, I, I, I'm not just saying this to bring people in, but if you're listening and you say, and you're saying to yourself, oh, I got to make it to one of these one, one day and you, but you like these kind of movies specifically, I would, you know, really try to come out to this because I don't know when, you know, we're going to have a. Yeah, like I mean, and uh, yeah. you know how I usually like to tease about your worst film of the night? Yeah. Well, even I, yeah. the film that most people will consider oh, no. a bad film out of them is freaking good with its history and what it was trying to attempt. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I don't even know where you're going with this, but... Yeah, your way I, out. Yeah, well, it's the third film. What are you talking about? And uh, for us VHS kids, uh, all of us, I think a lot of us, our first Peter Cushing, Vincent Price, uh, uh, John Carradine. Yeah, House of Long Shell. That was the first time that we got to actually see yeah. them in a semi-new movie. Acting together, and it, it, it. Some people don't like it, but me, I just love it. It's always been a personal well, favorite. It's really, it's really a sort of the greatest hits, isn't it? I mean, when you think about it, it's it's uh, it's everybody. It's like the destroy all monsters of um, of uh, of the the great horror host is what it is. It's a Pete Walker yeah. film, and George was highly enamored by Pete Walker. He was a UK director back in the nothing wrong 70s. with that. Absolutely, and uh, you know he and, and and you know I want to while we're talking about new old films, what I want to bring up is the fact that when we're talking about the retro aspect and the sequel aspect of this, since the September, you know most people, more people have come out to the April show, which is seventies and eighties movies, and then when you look at the September show, it's far more retro, but it really hasn't been so much in the last several years with the new attendees. So this is sort of a departure from what they've been used to with Jalapalooza and such, and it's returning to the classic horror films that, you know, made Monsterama what it was over the last 16 years. This September will be the 16th year for the show, which is unbelievable to to both George and I. No one ever believed that 16 years ago we would see this happening, that we would be walking onto that field in one week, Knowing that it's been 16 years, we never, we could not have ever predicted this possibility of this ever happening, and that's what's wonderful yeah. about it, you know. It's I can remember uh, George walking around sweating bullets about every show. Oh God, I hope we make our money back on this one. Please let still, us make our well, money. No, <laughs> wait, wait a no one, no one was sweating and worrying about making money. We just wanted to make sure that yeah, everything enough that to we make had, it. 
he had done had a nice attendance. He makes it's me feel like a fan It's never been about the fans. It's never been about the fans. That's what it's been about. Hey guys, I went to, well, I want to mention about House of the Do- House of Long, the Long Shadows. Getting back to that, that was this is a film we've been toying with showing a long for a while, for years actually. And I was even thinking about like bringing it to April when we do more yeah. '80s stuff because it is an '80s film. But then when I talk to like some of the regulars, they're like, "Yeah, it'd be good for September though." And then, you know, at this point, when we were doing the Christopher Lee weekend, I said, yeah, I'll throw it in. Plus, you got the other guys in there. So, nobody, you know, this is a film where nobody can say, well, it's all Christopher Lee, but you still have all these other famous actors, Cushing, Price, and Carradine. And, and so, uh, it's just a, it was just a, it was just an opportune time to, to, to throw this into the program. And I'm very happy to be showing this. Like, like Stephen was saying, uh, some people do not like this movie, but it does have a lot of fans too. I think it's I think it's a fun movie, and people complain about Desi Arnaz Jr. in it. I don't think I have no problem with Desi Arnaz Jr. in the movie. He's he's fine. I mean, it's, he's playing he's playing like a young novelist. It is not there's nothing. I think people just can't get over the fact that somebody like him would be in these movies with these old. You know, it just it it seems like an odd pairing, but. I, I think the movie works, and I've seen well, different versions of that people, novel that's based on. And I think this is yeah. the most enjoyable version. You know, I think, I think more that, people would be shocked if they found out how old the novel, The House of the Long Shadow. Was yeah, well, it was. On. They made movies about it back in the '30s, and I like it's. Uh, yeah. What is it? Seven Keys to. What's the name of that? You got to look that up. Seven I can't. Is it Bathgate? To uh, Bathgate, yeah. Basket, yeah, and uh, I've seen, you know, I've seen a couple of early versions. They're okay, but I, I, I think that this, this, this version is the most fun, of course, and and they all seem to be just having fun with it. And you can tell the affection the director has for all the old stars. Well, I think so. Pete Walker, you know, like it's funny because Pete Walker, when he was first directing horror films, he started in exploitation more, but then by the Early by about seventy three, seventy four, he started to really become, you know, do one horror film after the other, and he, he, and I think what he was doing was changing the whole British uh, right. gothic cinema because they had they needed to change, and I think people like him and Norman J. Warren that were doing these more offbeat, <laughs> more explicit, more, you know, uh, not the was, typical. They were taking British horror in a great direction, and and he was getting away from like the typical like Hammer kind of movies. But you know, the now it comes full swing at the end of at the beginning of the ne- the next decade, after, you know, the early '80s. You know, after he was doing all these movies for for a full decade, so it's kind of interesting that he came no, back and, and wrote. The, and it's written by Michael Armstrong, the director of Mark of the Devil, too. Yeah. I don't yeah. know the demographics were for Desi Arnaz Jr. at that period in the UK. I'm sure if Pete Walker cast him in that film, there must have been he must have had an excellent agent, and certainly was extremely popular at the time. I mean, as compared to his popularity in the U.S. Because I think all he was doing here at the time was was uh, that the Lucy show, wasn't that it? Or here's yeah, but that was, was that was years earlier. That was yeah. years earlier. Yeah, you're right. That's the '80s. Yeah, I'm I'm wrong here, but that'd be the last thing that he really did in the United States. No, yeah, I mean, I that, mean like consistently. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember. Right. I mean, he probably did a lot of like appearances here and there, and 
but that was like the last se- like series, uh, at least a series that lasted. He might have done other things that didn't, you know, take off. But uh, I think like the, yeah, the last of the Lucy in, shows uh, was like the mid seventies. Car so. Man in the le- in the after Lucy show. Oh, I don't remember. Auto Man, the one about the diamond with Corkendale where he turned from. A there you go. I knew car. he had a series that didn't take off. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's there you go. I I kind of remember and, that now. There's only one take thing. A- uh, go ahead, Gene. Speaking of the UK, I want to send a shout out to my friend Pete that's listening in Scotland tonight. Hi, Pete. So, thanks for tuning in. It's it's nice to have an international uh, listening, right? There's just a bunch of weirdos here. (laughs) The only thing that I think is really missing from uh, uh, House of the Long Shadows and uh, George will agree with me is Sheila Keys. Even if she's just in a cameo. I would love she's to see the she's, oh, she's in it. I was just gonna say that. Wow, yeah. She's in the movie. She's what <laughs> yeah. are you talking about? I forgot that she's in it. It's been such a oh while since I've seen oh, it. I was just gonna bring that up too. I it yeah. was like in my head. I'm like, I gotta mention Sheila yeah. Keith. Yeah. Now for those who don't know, yeah. Sheila Keith was was you know what, I an older actress. I, I would say she looked older than what she really what really was at the time. She's probably only in her like late fifties early 60s when she got into move, you know, was into these movies in the 70s, but she's in almost every Pete Walker horror film, and and basically, in all of them, it's a very sinister role, and it, she kind of, like, was the, if you want to, like, look at the, the decade of the 70s and, and her appearances, she she did, she was kind of like a, like a female Cushing or a female Vincent Price, in a way. Yeah, really, and, you're right, absolutely. And the yeah. fact that and, you know she was a regular people, I think it's it's so good that he put her with these guys because they and because they just they work so well together. And she's playing the sister, so it's just I think it's beautiful that she's right. in this movie. Yeah. And if you're curious about Sheila Keith, the best one that she, the one that she really stole the show in is uh, Pete Walker's Frightmare. Absolutely, yeah, I totally I, agree. I, I, they're all good, but the Frightmare is, she is, that is, like, that role is, she's, that's the one that really puts her over the top. That one, yeah, and she is really yeah, terrifying in that. Yeah, she's completely yeah. crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good choice. Very, but she very did, like, the, whole, the House of Mortal Sin and the, the Comeback and the, and, the, and the House of Whipcord. And, uh, yes, yeah, great stuff. So it's it'll be great to have her on that drive-in screen too. Yeah. And the one that I was talking about earlier that everyone went in to try to make the most faithful adaptation of Count Dracula. There was even Jeff Franco. I mean, he got Christopher Lee for this. He got uh, Herbert Long for this. This was a big international production. But are you in the doghouse? What's what that the noise? Heck, Josh? That's Josh. What did I do? I don't know. You shouldn't be lying about the echo. Are those are those the hounds? Are those the wolves from Count Dracula? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I'm actually not. Think, the, uh, I'm not in the state, George. Favorite role as Dracula as well. After having done all of the Hammer films, 
that Jeff Franco was his favorite, if I'm not mistaken. So that's another reason oh, why. Yeah, we, he got to we, play we, old Dracula uh, and change from old Dracula into young one, into young Dracula. Right. Having the hammer Dracula when we already have the hammer Frankenstein and we have another hammer film, it would seem that the most obvious choice would have been his Dracula from Hammer, but if you go back and you look at the number of movies that George picked over the years, um, we've shown so many of them, like he said, except for Prince of Darkness, and I'm sure that will come up at some point. Well, Count Dracula, it just, it, it was good, again, it was good timing. It became available to book, and um, we never showed a Jess Franco film. It's a good showcase. Right. If you want to see a Christopher Lee Dracula movie as part of, part of a program like this, it's a good choice. Because, you know, he does have a lot of screen time. And, again, this is a film yeah. that has its lovers and has its haters. You know, and I, I, I admit I'm a fan of it. I, you know, I, I could see where – I could see why people say it's flawed. I'm not going to, you know, say it's flawed because I don't want to be, you know, like, you know, you know, critics are like assholes, everybody, or whatever that expression is. Oh, I love I like it. the I film. Love the fact I like that the they film. Make you know, and I him. understand why, why people criticize it. I can – but yeah. I, I like I it. I think it's going to be great seeing it on the screen. Yeah. I love the yeah. fact that they actually made an attempt to be more faithful to the Bram Stoker novel than pretty much any movie before it. Yeah, right. well, yeah, it, it is. You know, it's not the most faithful. I, uh, you know, like this is again another criticism people often say is that it starts off really, you know, uh, pure to to not, and then it kind of, you know. Things don't stay that way for the course of the rest of the movie, but that's you know, that's up to the viewer. <laughs> but yeah, it's like Stevens right at that point, it was one of the most faithful. I think you know, right. I think the 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 only one, the other one that that comes closest, the that I could recall is the um, the Louis Jordan, um, the BBC one from nineteen seventy eight, seventy seven, seventy eight. Oh yeah, that which was good uh, was a made for TV for the BBC. And that's pretty faithful too, right? Yeah. I'd say even more so than than Count Dracula. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, you're right. But um, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get some Franco fans to come out. You know, I hope they come out of the woodwork too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give it a chance. You might, because there's always there's going to be something in it you're going to like. There's just that few, yeah. pretty much a guarantee. <laughs> it also has the the Franco cult actress uh, Soledad Miranda and Maria Rome, who was uh, married to the producer Harry Allen Towers, who was in a ton of Justice Jess Franco movies. Right. So yeah. it's, you know, oh, even that... even besides and Jack Taylor is another Jess Franco regular. Oh, uh, Paul, uh, oh. Paul Muller. So if you look at the supporting cast, it's like pure Franco, you know, uh, actors. It's, Jack it's, Taylor it's, today. I saw Jack Taylor in uh, in a movie today as well. Unbelievable, right? Oh, and, and the, what's funny, uh, George, is that Count uh, Dracula and House of the Long Shadows were both produced by Henry Allen Towers. Right. Was was House of the Long Shadows? Yeah. I did. I did not. I thought it was a, a Golem Globus canon thing. No, they picked it up. It was a pickup. Oh, okay. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> confirm that. I don't know. I never heard of Harry Allen Towers being involved with that, but I could be wrong. 
I thought because I because I remember reading things like one of them, Golan or Globus. Yeah, I, I I remember like there was a quote that said they. I don't remember which which member of the T of the canon, either it was Golan or Globus that said they wanted Boris Karloff to be in the movie, and somebody had to tell him that Boris Karloff was dead like 15 years at the time. Yeah. You know, but because they wanted he wanted because they wanted Cannon wanted to make uh, you know a movie with classic horror stars, and that's why why it came to be. Isn't Castle right. of the Living Dead the same one that uh, the torture chamber doctor? No. <laughs> I forget there was another title for it. No, no, no. Oh. Castle, uh, the torture chamber doctor sadism, which is a German film, yeah. better known as it's known in Germany as like the pit in the pendulum, and, and uh, it's also known as Blood Demon. It's uh, it had a video title as Crete as Castle of the Castle of the Walking Dead, or maybe it was Castle of the Living Dead, but it has nothing to do with this movie. This is a uh, Italian production uh, by uh, Paul Maslan- produced by Paul Maslansky, who later did the uh, the Police Academy movies with right. Christopher Lee, Donald Sutherland. It's um, I think it was only uh. It was shot. It was shot. You know, like movie like post thinking, but I think it was basically shot in in English. I've only seen English versions of it. And and Lee yep. and what was that the tidy yeah. man? And then uh, Lee <laughs> Lee and Donald Sutherland dubbed their own voice. But the, the director is no the director. Not too much is known about the director. His name is Warren Kiefer, and I believe he was American as well. And and. Donald Sutherland named his son uh, Kiefer Sutherland after the director of this movie. Yeah, his last yeah. name's Kiefer, so that's where <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland gets his first name from. People would be shocked how many uh, British films like Hammer and stuff like that that Donald Sutherland did before he hit in uh, Don't Look Now and MASH. Yeah, well, he was well, a Canadian actor, and he did his first few movies were were British horror films. I think he was spotted on the stage in England, and he did uh, Dr. Terrence House of Horrors for Amicus, and he did um, Die, Die, My Darling, a.k.a. the uh, fanatic for Hammer. And yeah. this is very early in his career. I think this is his first actual movie. It's the first acting job. Yeah. He's in this as three different characters, including one which is an older peasant woman. He plays a... Um, He's a soldier, he's a peasant woman, and he's something else. And he's something else that we can't remember or spot, because we were talking about this the time. Yeah. yeah that sounds like a fun way to keep Kyle. Yeah. That sounds like a fun way to end Friday night. Well, you know, it's, exactly. it's funny because the reason why I picked this for less is because growing up as a kid, this was always on our Channel 11 in New York, and yeah. they would play it. They, their, fam- their most... Uh, popular spot to play this movie was on the Channel 11 Film Festival, which started at like two or three in the morning. So it was <laughs> always a late night thing. We had yeah. to stay up and, and 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 watch it. But it's shot in black and white. It's very creepy. Um, it, there was rumors that Michael Reeves had directed parts of it, but I don't think that's true. Right? Yeah, exactly. He might have been on the set. You know. Uh, yeah, but 
it's 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 a it's a fun gothic little uh, movie, and and definitely Christopher Lee's playing uh, a character that uh, you could see they were um, harping on his va- his vampire persona at the time. He's extremely over the top in this film, and and uh, I was saying on another um, interview we did on a podcast, and he his his uh, costume and makeup accentuates the weird atmosphere of the castle that he's. Count Drake is a Count Drago is living in. It yeah. really it, it fits so perfectly. It's a complete package. This film, and it, it is a great way to end end the um, to end the Friday night. It's absolutely and, and, and perfect. If for fans, the movie finally came out on Blu-ray. I think just last yeah. year uh, or the yeah. year before on the on the uh, Severin the first uh, Euro Euro cult of Christopher Lee box set. So it's it, you know for me it's uh, it's it's one of my favorite releases and it's like something I've you know put on late at night a few times I've watched that Blu-ray probably more than a lot of things I in mean, my collection already yeah yeah that's seven for you they put out they're putting out great uh, box sets yeah we're waiting for the Larry Buchanan one though. Yeah, that's true. We need a Larry Buchanan. That would be the, well. They've gone for Ray Dennis Steckler and including his uh, porno films. So I say Larry Buchanan's probably on the way. Yeah, I would hope so. I it might be. Uh, <laughs> it might be right that you know, even though a lot of those films have seemed to fall in the public domain, but there might be I don't know if the Larry Buchanan source material is going to be in really that great condition. I mean, it could surprise us, but I don't think I think any of those. There's always any hope. Well, yeah, a lot of those things were shot for TV, yeah. and they'll probably shot right. 16 millimeter too. Yeah. No, MGM does have some of them, and I heard Susan Hart has some of them, uh, has the rights to some of them. Even though right. they, they, you might you might see a couple of public domain uh, releases, you know how like things are in the public domain, but at the same time, if they want right. to release them officially. There's a there's an issue, and you're like, well, why is that? But that's you know things get complicated. So who knows what's going to happen with all those? I have DVD copies of most of that stuff for now. I would it's, love it's fun. someone put out a documentary set of Larry Buchanan with the uh, the true story Bonnie and Clyde uh, that bizarre you know, one he did down on. Oh, uh, you mean um, the one with Fabian? Uh... Oh. Right. No, it was yeah, just I, a, a documentary on Bonnie and Clyde, the other side of Bonnie yeah, he and Clyde. Did. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. No, because he did, uh, he did like a, um, a like a Bonnie and Clyde type ripoff with Fabian. What was the name of that? Uh, a bullet for Pretty Boy. Pretty Boy Floyd. Yeah, bullet bullet for Pretty Boy. Bullet for Pretty Boy. Well, you know, he, yeah. he also worked on he also worked on the public domain film Fright Night. Was it called Night or Night Fright? Right? Yeah, Night Fright. Which was, yeah, with John Agar, which looks it looks like a Larry Buchanan movie because yeah, <laughs> yeah, you would have just I mean it's like it's Larry Buchanan and everything, but his name as a director, yeah. Yeah, his films were staple growing up, every week, all the time. I don't know how we got on the subject of that, but yeah. <laughs> and and Saturday now Saturday kicks off with uh, extremely requested film for the drive-in, which is, of course, the very first and most famous folk horror tale of The Wicker Man. And for the fans, this is the final cut, isn't it? The 
or as I call yes. it, the middle cut. It's a cabal cut. Yeah. Well, there's so the 89-minute cut. cut, which is uh, the one that Br- uh, British Lion put out. Right. And right. Uh, the 99-minute cut, which sadly, it's in decent shape, but it's not perfect. Yeah, which is my favorite cut of the film. Like, this this is what is available for the distributor is yeah. Rialto Pictures, and this is what it, they had available. Robin it was Harvey, making, it's been making... He decided yeah, the, the, to edit it again, and he made the final cut, as he called it. Right. Yes, and right. it's making, it's been making the theatrical runs for a while. Um, you know, it's been in re-release for a while, but I don't think that this is played at a drive-in in recent years, so... That's another and thing you, we we kept we we tap we, we, we pat ourselves on the shoulders because you know we show we bring stuff to the driver like I don't like there's a lot of retro shows not only in the horror stuff now now because of the popularity of this you know all the horror shows at the drive-ins around the country now but a lot of retro shows uh, which which during um, COVID. Uh, because there wasn't, you know, new product available from studios. A lot of the drivers that were staying staying open showed a, a lot of retro stuff. But you see, you know, you do see a lot of the same. And I'm not knocking it necessarily, but I mean, you do. You do. It's what people want to see. You're seeing like a lot of stuff like, you know, Jaws, E.T., Grease, uh, right. sometimes American Graffiti. Once in a while, you'll get like uh, the uh, what's the the the, uh, the other the car movie with um. James Taylor, what's that? Um, Tulane Blacktop, Tulane Blacktop, things like that. Yeah, but I, I think that we're bringing stuff that, you know, we're bringing stuff back to the driver that a lot of, you know, well, that, that is available, but I don't for, see anybody, uh, any theaters showing it. And the Wicked Man is like something. You, yeah. Well, if it wasn't for yeah. you, George, I wouldn't have got to see Paul Nashi films on the big screen. Nashi. Yeah. The Nashi. The Nashi night went. The night we did a lot. We did Spanish horror. We did Nashi and yeah. or Nashi, and 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 they they were they were pretty big. And I, I, I you know I always say, if people see titles like Count Dracula's Great Love or Vampires <laughs> Night Orgy on on a marquee, right. they're very curious to see what this hell is. Oh, House yeah, of psychotic sure. women. You know, it's like they, yeah. They're, and they're usually they're not disappointed because there's always something you know crazy going up on that driving seat, driving screen. Something, something exploitive. You know, these films, those films are definitely uh, you know were yeah. made to show at a driving, and they did but play a lot. In my prime, every year at uh, May the first, I used to do uh, a tribute show to the Wicker Man. So, The Wicker Man is one that if you haven't seen it, you do need to see this film. It looks that good and well acted all across the board. Alley cat. God, Josh, I told you not to eat a burrito before the show. Uh, you, You called me when I was on the toilet. Yeah, no, I was about uh, 39 minutes ago. Uh, 
but you better quickly change the description on the communication page of the comedy show. <laughs> but I would consider every film on Saturday is uh, a must-see because all of them really are that good. Excuse me. Uh, and to introduce the second one, well, it was like the Jerky Boys recording. Yeah. Uh, I was in the mid '80s, and my mom brought home like two or three titles from a video store, and she's like, "Oh, they got this in," and my, the person who watched it said it was scary. And I looked, it was like, what's this for Express? Well, it's got Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, so it might be good. Josh! And that was a river. <laughs> well, you know, Horror Express is basically murder on the Orient Express mixed with a Doctor Who episode about an alien life form no. killing people. And a lot of people are trying to investigate the topic from that. So it's, it's like a very, very good plot for a horror film. It's for a real a sci-fi horror for the Josh. Dude, I'm out to... on my donkey. I'm trying to enjoy Josh, the I lo- mountain. Josh, I love you, but I'm probably going to cut your sound off. And you can listen to the show, but this ain't nothing against you. It's just you got a lot of bad sound there. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Okay. <laughs> uh, All right. Hello, we got someone here. Four zero four one two four zero one eight one eight five. Who is this? This is Doug from Pittsburgh. Hey, Doug. Hey. Hey, George, it's your fellow Lamora friend from Facebook. Hey, Doug, how's it going? Finally get to talk to you. How you doing, my man? Good. How are you? Okay. Thanks, guys. No. Hey, you were talking what about... Uh, what's that? What did you say? Go ahead. I'm laughing at the smile of the, the unintentional status that said, would you stop it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. You were talking about Jess Franco's uh, Count Dracula. Yeah. And I'm not a big Jess Franco fan, but I will say I think that's better than a lot of what he did. But I yeah. think the reason is he had to step up his game because Christopher Lee was there, just like the bloody judge with Christopher Lee, another better-than-average Franco film. I think he had to up his game knowing Christopher Lee was on the set. Yeah, the bloody judge is, is, is another one of my favorite Franco movies. I really I love that movie. And, again, it's it's not everybody loves thinks that that's one of his better ones. But I do, because I love the production values. I love the, you know, it's a ripoff of Witchfinder General. Witchfinder General, right. Yeah. It's better but, than a lot of the stuff he was doing at yeah, that time. I definitely. mean, I think 15 so. movies a year. But yeah. <laughs> he, looked like he at least tried to make these movies pretty good, you know, and Chris yeah. really elevates anything he's in. Even his smaller roles like Creeping Flesh or The Skull, 10, 15 minutes of Chris really elevates the movie to a whole other level. Yeah, yeah Creepy Flesh was, uh, was was under consideration to show, but we decided to hold off because I had a we already had three Cushing Lee pairings. So I figured we could show it another time. It's one of my favorites, so I wouldn't 
So I definitely want to show it one day. And plus, I don't know about you guys. Express. Express. <coughs> I was oh, just yeah. gonna say that's my favorite Cushing Lee pairing is Horror Express. I think that's the greatest okay. Spanish horror film ever made, bar none. And Stephen, what is the what is the trivia behind that Horror Express having to do with our show? Well, right. what I was going to say, it has one of my favorite lines from Lee and Cushing ever, which is, don't blame us, we're only British. <laughs> yeah, well, you got that about 40% right, but... Yeah, don't blame us, we're he British. Says, like, no, he says, he goes something <laughs> about, you know, maybe you could be the monsters, and, he, and Cushing goes, monsters, we're, we're, we're British. Yeah. You know. Right. You got well, so many show like, stealers in that, in that movie... You got Telly Savalas stealing every yeah. scene he's in. You got that Rasputin like monk stealing every scene he's in. You got Helga yeah. Lene, for God's sake. Yeah, Alberto yeah. de Mendoza, who's a, who's a famous Spanish character. Oh yeah, you find him in a lot of jalos. And he's actually right. like a nice. He's a really, really handsome kind of guy. Usually played more like detectives and romantic leads in the. But in this film, he's like kind of like almost like a nashy madman with the, right. with the monk. You know, yeah. So it's it, something count, very the, different for that actor. And you had the Count, who was also in The Love Brides of the Blood Mummy. <clears throat> yes, oh, my God. Uh, 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 George Rijald, who's... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's... Yeah, right. I think he's... Uh, what country was he? He's from, not from Spain, but he's from... Portugal, Portugal maybe, or... Yes, yeah, something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. But yeah. What well, a, that movie's just phenomenal. That, yeah. If you don't watch Horror Express and you don't have a big grin on your face after you watch it, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> There's not a boring second in that movie. That movie is so entertaining from beginning to end. Even the theme song, that whistle, that haunting whistle, is just Absolutely. mesmerizing. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's, actually, it's the second. We've, we've actually screened that movie. This is the second That was time. a trivia it's, question, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's the first oh. film in the history the show that's come back a second so that's how much we love War Express. Again, I think Cushing's wife had just died. He didn't even want to do the film. I think Lee pretty much pulled him into it. Yes, because it was shot, it was actually shot in the end, at the end of 1971 and in Spain right. and, and Christopher Lee and his daughter and, and wife you know, uh, you know uh, spent the holiday the, the Christmas holiday with, with Cushing and they you know, we're like getting him through his um, his grieving because yeah, yeah. Even though yeah. it didn't come out till years later, but it was actually shot not long after, like months after his wife Cushing's wife passed away. Yeah, I can't remember if that was right. the first one he did after his wife or Twins of Evil, but he was so it might have been, uh, Twins of Evil movies. might have been a little. Yeah, I think Twins of Evil was, was before that, but that was this yeah. was not far behind at all. <clears throat> But just amazing movie, and I I saw it as a little kid in the seventies. I I got I'm from Pittsburgh, but we got W O R from George's New York, and they showed Horror Express backed yep. up with The Devil's Reign. So I watched Horror That's... Express and The Devil's Reign back to back. My brain was fried for the rest of my life after that. You know, I saw. Duck, that's why I saw Horror Express first. Doug, I'm in Pittsburgh too. Actually, I'm I'm in Pittsburgh with you as well, and you know oh, I right. saw it on I saw it on Channel 53. WPGH on two o'clock. WPGH, yep. Yeah, that's where I saw it, and it was it ran and I think, the same right. time that Horror of Party Beach ran and Horror of yep. Zombies. It must be part of that distribution package, right? Jordan. Right, yeah. and I also saw it later on Chiller Theater with Chili Billy Cardell. 
absolutely. God bless Bill. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, hey. Hey, the newsman from Night Living Dead. He can't be too bad. Quick, Horror Express went to the public domain status. Because I can remember every low rent video company that put out horror films like Good Times Video. Good Times. (laughs) And things like that would have Horror Express out. The first three VHS tapes I bought were Night of the Living Dead, Horror Express, and Psychomania. All on Good Times. Yep. Yep. They were. And Psychomania was the co-feature of, of Horror Express, which explains why oh, yeah, it's right. yep. public domain, too. There's something yeah. with that company uh, that that made were those, those... Were they on those terrible extended play tapes that were that had yes, the wide yeah, rails? Yeah. Yeah. The Horror exactly. Express VHS warbled. It was, it like, war- the tape was like warped. Yes. The sound was yes. warped. It was awful. Yes. It did. It was awful. I remember that. But I was still thrilled to have them. I'm like, oh, my God, these movies. I grabbed them out of the Kmart van or wherever I bought them from. Yeah, well, I'm you, like, man, I'm grabbing you, these. Yeah. Well, you could buy the movie instead of just renting it. You could actually, even if it was a, a budget label, it was a big deal back then. Because I remember oh, just I was like going into like a store like Sam Goody and seeing you know, stuff like, I remember buying like Plan 9 from Out of Space from, uh, I, it was, uh, I forget who first put it out, but it was. It was reasonably priced. It was a nice SP edition. Uh, Rhino. Cover. No, it wasn't Rhino. It was another. It was. Uh, was it wasn't was around uh, at that time. I think Rhino it was Nostalgia was Merchant, actually. Oh, Nostalgia yes, Merchant. Rhino yeah. didn't come later. Rhino, Rhino came later as when, what happened with Rhino was. It was Warner Brothers label to do retro stuff, I guess, when you think about it. So that's when Rhino showed up and reissued a lot of those those old you know, like they had the mask came out and with the three D glasses and you could buy it at National Record Mart. You know? In fact I know my copy came from National Record Mart or, or um, Musicland, Sam Goody, one of the two. I still have the VHS for the the weird film, The Mask, with the with the glasses. With the glasses, yeah, that was definitely Rhino. Yeah. That was That'd be great to run too, wouldn't it, George? <laughs> yeah, but was, like the three D doesn't work at the drive-in, unfortunately. So at least that kind of three D. The whole three D sequence is designed by Salvador Dali, so they're fun to watch in two D too. <laughs> I don't even know what's, what if, what he says is true anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Behind in the Hammer's Latter yeah. Days, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. It's a Wheatley novel. Wheatley didn't like the movie, so he didn't like <laughs> any of the movies. Well, he didn't. Well, he, didn't no, like he liked Double Ride Oh, he did not <laughs> like the, and he did not like the Lost Continent, which I adore. So, but you know, that's Dennis Wheatley. He only wrote the books, so. <laughs> The Devil of the Water is another one that well, we did a hammer night, Bob, a few years ago, and we had all the, um, the like a whole night of 70s studio canal hammer films. So the Devil of the Water was on the short list, but it got, you know, it got pushed aside. Be and then, again, it was in the back burner for a Christopher Lee night, and here it is. And it's, you know, it's yeah. definitely, it's, it's hammer trying to compete in the later days, in their later days. This is their last 
of horror feature of the original <laughs> Hammer, of course. Um, and it supposedly made a lot of money in England, but... <clears throat> I didn't see it until it came out on HBO, I think, right? I had to see I didn't even see it on HBO. I saw it on, like, I rented it in the 80s. I didn't see it. I had never saw it. I didn't see it on HBO. So I didn't see it until much later. Nine or eighty, mm-hmm. I believe. It was on. I Actually, know that you know, it, it came it, out on Continental Video. Dead. Yeah, that's where I that's what I first saw. <clears throat> well, I I had that at one time. Because I had <clears throat> tear on tape that infamous uh, clip joint, and all they have from the Devil of Daughters, pretty much every nude scene from Nikosta Kinski from to the Devil of Daughters in it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's when you know. It was, wasn't it? It was uh, wasn't Natasha Kinski's first movie she ever made. She wasn't. She was underage in that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Faust's daughter. <laughs> I'm sure her dad didn't mind. <laughs> what? What? What expects that no. sort of thing to happen? You know. Um, yeah. So, what about uh, the last movie of the evening, which is Horror um, Hotel? It was rough. City of the City of the Dead. Yeah, City of the Dead. (laughs) If you haven't seen it before, don't look up spoilers before you watch it. This is one that's best to go in cold because of all the twists and turns that happen in the movie. That movie scared me to death as a kid. Yeah, it, it it was scary. I mean, that's Lovecraftian atmosphere all the way. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about how studio-bound it is with the fog machines and everything. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, yeah. It's really effective. We, we love It's we a love British movie where everybody was supposed to be from New England, so we have all these British actors, including Christopher Lee, you know, doing American accents. And they're pretty convincing, actually. Patricia Jessel. Yeah, yeah, Dennis Lotus, who's like the... the Dennis um, Lotus was a pop singer, wasn't he? He was a pop singer, yeah, that's right. In fact, he's still around. He's like in his late 90s. He's still, he's still wow, with us. Wow. He, he was... Um, the Indicator put out a, 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 a box... Well, box said it's two movies of the Hammer Robin Hood films, and he's in a challenge for Robin Hood, which was made you know over 60 years ago, and they have like a very short interview with him. And I think he did mention the uh, the city of the dead, but he still he is still with us. He's born nineteen twenty five. Wow. Yeah. Ninety seven. Yep, ninety seven. It's hard to believe, but God bless him. <clears throat> and that's the way you wow. feel when you look at the lineup for the century, Christopher Lee. There is really not a bad <laughs> film on there, and there's some that it may take you may. Think they're bad, but you need to give them a little more of a chance, and that's like uh, Count Dracula. Uh, for some people, House of the Long Shadows, but I love it. So, onions. How about AD seventy two? Yeah, well we we show well, that. Well, that's not showing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people love it. <laughs> I love yeah. it, yeah. I'm, AD-72 <laughs> I'm the... has the best end fight of any Dracula movie ever. <laughs> it's just too damn bad that that's the first ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> right. Hey, Carolyn Monroe's in it. It can't be too bad. 
No. I thought it's, she it's was being a vampire bride. Right. Well, I was going to say, you know, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Horror Hotel, City uh, of the Dead, is um, it's an amicus film, really. It's produced by the people that did um, that did amicus later on. The day. Yeah, it's, a, it's, um, it's an early Zabotsky uh, and Rosenberg thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It was called Vulcan. It was They were called Vulcan Productions at that time. But they quickly became amicus. So really, like Gene said, it pretty much is the first amicus horror movie. Haven't you, you know, uh, shown the two amicus films that uh, Lee was in? Yeah, we showed House to Trip Blood and, and Scream and Scream again. And we did, we haven't shown The Skull yet. We showed, yeah, we showed House of Trip Blood, Scream and Scream again, and uh, I Monster. So we did yeah. show, uh, he was also in... Doctor Who's House of Horrors. Did I say that one? Oh, and we tells that. that well, and yeah. tells that witnessed madness. I don't know what that has to do with Amicus, but okay. Yeah, I, I thought that was <laughs> or, an Amicus anthology. It's the not Amicus. One... It's, it's, oh. it's not Amicus. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an imitation of Amicus. Yeah. It's directed by Freddie Francis, but it's um, it's not, it's not Amicus. It's like well, film services. It's it's an amicus knockoff for sure, yeah, because it was made during when those things when those were well, coming I just out one after that the other. Story of yeah. uh, in it that opens it up with him as the uh, the guy who treats his daughter bad, doesn't want her to become a witch, and how that plays out. I don't know what you're talking about. It sounds like an episode of with Samantha. I. <laughs> <laughs> hey George, it's creepy plus the only what's that? In retrospect, though, having to put this film very, very last, you know, it was a was a very rough choice. And the thing about it is, though, that 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 Well, you know, but, you know what? They're listening. Yeah, but if you look back at, at a lot of the movies that fall into that September slot, it does fit because a lot of them were were definitely films that people wanted to see on on the big screen. So for me, even though it's in that spot, it sort of fits as a great way to wrap up the whole weekend. And it'll probably yeah. be foggy. It'll probably be foggy and cold too, right? Because it looks like it's going to get chilly in the evening, and then a lot of times down in that valley, there's fog or smoke or something from the the neighbor. So it'll probably be perfect. Don't leave your car. I can't think of any film on Saturday that you could pick to be the last film, and it wouldn't be like, oh, man, I wish I could put that higher on the card of the four films on Saturday. <laughs> Maybe Chelsea yeah. wouldn't have managed. <clears throat> don't, leave your, don't leave your car on candle, Missy. Not <laughs> <laughs> even for a funnel, because it could be fatal. So, but um, anyway, it's hard. It's are you hard saying the funnel cakes are fatal? Well, I think if you, well, yeah, technically what they're made out of <laughs> and what they do to your body is not exactly something that you should want to eat every day. Ah. I've honestly never, I've never eaten an entire funnel cake. I don't see the attraction. Uh, liar, liar, I, liar. No, I'm not. No, no, really. Yeah, you had one of the, cake. you took one of the funnel cakes and put pizza toppings on it. That, listen, the funnel cake pizza was not a funnel cake. 
it was a fucking pizza, and I didn't eat the whole thing. I ate one piece. You know, <laughs> let's, 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 be, let's be honest about this. I don't even get food. <laughs> it might, it might uh, be delicious, but you know what? If you want diabetes, by all means, enjoy several of them. I don't eat those things. So it, that funnel cake, deep-fried cake batter is not my thing. By any but anyway, though, um, yeah, so we're looking forward to this, and it's only a week away. Uh, George, can you think of anything that you want to bring up about uh, the weekend that we need to talk about? Or well, I, just, uh, I just hope uh, I, the enthusiasm seems high. So, uh, I, you know, like I said, this is we're, we're going back to the earlier shows as far as the, the theme and the kind of – features we're showing and I hope maybe we'll see a lot of new people and a lot of the uh, regulars and maybe some people I haven't seen in years but like again we're just, we're just trying to present a nice fun weekend for fans of this uh, classic horror stuff and this is an icon, Christopher Lee's an icon and uh, it, we have a nice, assort- I think we have a good assortment of, of maybe not like the best to represent him as an actor or as a horror star, but I think it's a, it's a nice, fun assortment of uh, of movies, and I hope right. that people will agree that comes. Yep, absolutely, it really is. I mean, uh, and and like I said, it, we were talking earlier. It really is a uh, it really is a sequel. It's a sequel uh, show to the Vincent Price night and also to the the Peter Cushing because it's it's celebrating a very important uh, genre icon. And, you know, after this show, probably the September shows are going to be changing uh, into some different, uh, some different styles and genres. I mean, it's not going to be a solid, um, you know, classic horror retro thing uh, like the ones were in the past. So this is sort of like a big switch period to something different. Um, you know, we've seen the programming with uh, Jalo Palooza and, and also with the Spanish horror stuff and the, and the 50s retro. And it's all been very popular, and it's a direction I think you're going to see September going more so than just being classic. You know, I think we've run, and I think we've run the gambit, George, haven't you? I mean, with all the stuff you've picked over the last 16 years, when you see the amount of material that's been uh, screened, there's, there's a lot of the big names which are already out of the road, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, like I said, my two favorite nights have not been the 80s night, which are good, but it's been like a, a the Paul Nashi night and the Edgar Gosh. Allan Poe film night. Yeah, the Edgar Allan Poe film uh, night was, 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 was nice. That, I was, that was really a special night. I I hope that, you know... I hope that people appreciate that one. Yeah. Which one's that? The yeah, Edgar Allan Poe night. We showed the oh, Vincent yeah. Price uh, uh, Corman yeah, movies. Right. Yeah, those were great on the big screen. Yeah, they, they definitely. Fantastic. Yeah. And as far as uh, I don't know what else we have here. Uh, the the. Well, party. have you got a menu from uh, the snack yeah, bar this year yet? <laughs> haven't got it. I'm assuming Haluski and all your favorites will be back. We haven't oh. heard it yet, but we want, but we definitely want to push the point that check out the Riverside page. And please check out the information that's been posted 
on the community page for Monsterama. The camping situation has changed. Um, now it's going to be like uh, the last few rows and I believe part of the uh, tree line side of one. Um, so the camping has definitely changed. Uh, so that's something people need to be aware of um, when they come and they camp. So it's not going to be quite as open back there to kind of go everywhere you want and have a couple of spaces to yourself and all that stuff. It's something that they've had to do to benefit, uh, you know, these shows as well as their own shows. So um, it, it, it's beautiful the way they've set everything up. So we're very excited about that. Um, I Are you going to have the usual vendors? <laughs> No, no, Time Bomb won't be there, but, but uh, Monster Mart will be there, and, and uh, Phoenix Jenkins, which is Richie's daughter, she'll have a handful of her, um, her her portraits, which she's done. We feature them on the page. She's extremely talented. Um, if you haven't been to Monster Mart in Pittsburgh, it's, uh, it's up in Oakmont. He has a tattoo and a collectible store. Um, they're these fantastic... Um, what do you call them, uh, paintings on the wall inside the, inside the building that Phoenix has done. She's done a lot of the George Romero characters uh, and some some different paintings on the wall. Um, she's just great. She's fantastic. And it was something that we wanted to, we wanted to do with the show. We like to, you know, we like to get people involved that are local Pittsburghers and, and show them and feature them. And speaking of which, Lance Parkin, um, who uh, did the trailer? He's a he's a pretty popular Pittsburgh um, film uh, director. Also, he's been involved with the 48 uh, Hour Film Fest in Pittsburgh for a number of years. He also did a movie called The Boonies, uh, which is available for rent. It came out I think a year ago, George, wasn't it? And it was filmed filmed locally. Lance um, was always at the shows. He's a huge supporter. I think like two years ago, yeah. Just so good to be able to involve people from Pittsburgh and, and doing this because there's so much local talent here that kind of gets overlooked. And that, that's sort of what I think George dealt with for 16 years with this show because it's very hard to – the demographic of Pittsburgh is mostly sports, very difficult to market this show in the Pittsburgh area. But uh, we did get the pleasure this year of being voted the most, uh, the most popular uh, film event for the city and the area. And uh, thanks to Sean Collier. So he's another great supporter. Sean's uh, been there for us. Uh, he's a big fan of the Riverside, and hopefully we'll get to see him this upcoming weekend too. <laughs> I can't think who else. And the Riverside staff, who's always been there, um, you know, they take care of uh, they take care of the Monster Rama people. Um, Sleepy Classic, Ron Adams from Monster Bash, of course, and his gang selling all kinds of great T-shirts and uh, Blu-rays and stuff and magazines, another essential Pittsburgh entity. So this this is really not just about the movies. It's about the community, and the community has been built by it. So, you know, come out and meet everybody. You'll go away with a hell of a lot more Facebook friends. That's so, yeah. I think I tried you to going- meet Steve. I do that way. Yeah. Or do we meet Are you... Cutting out the couch this year, make him bring like a smaller Barca lounger because of the. <laughs> you talking about? I don't. Fred? Yeah. I don't. I don't think he's gonna be able to make it uh, next week. Oh. He, he had something. He was going somewhere with his wife the same weekend, so 
he told us a while back that he's he's not wasn't going to be able to make it. So I don't think there would be a couch because he's not going to be there. So well, someone needs sure to like back, a little so tiny Barbie-sized couch somewhere as in tribute to him. Well, and to keep the last the, time the, the couch has yeah. become more like a like a lounge. <laughs> we had the tent and. It's like yeah. a little. It's like a like you know, like a talk show, you know, like yeah. the Mark yeah. Griffin show or something. Yeah. Right. Oh, so, another yeah. guy who hasn't talked since the first. Which movie are you looking forward to next weekend? Who? Who are you talking to? Uh, you, Doctor, the one who just said you talking <laughs> to. <laughs> oh. Um. Wow. Uh, you're not showing any of the Dracula films, right? No. No, just the, well, the I, <laughs> Okay, you're showing The Curse of Frankenstein. That's still one of my favorites. Yeah. I like that's it better than the Karloff original, even, and that's saying a lot, but I I just yeah. love Cushing made that role his own as Dr. Frankenstein. Lee was amazing. The Technicolor was beautiful. Yep. That changed horror forever, that movie. That movie yeah. changed everything. <laughs> Resurrected the whole genre. Definitely uh, the Emmerich tour, too. I mean, it, you know, in, in the depiction, because of the fact that they couldn't use the Karloff Frankenstein, the depiction of the creature that they came up and the way that he presents the creature, and that first shot where it speeds up to the close-up, that accelerated close-up. It, um, oh, yeah. It's in our it's in our trailer. It's something that you never forget seeing from the time you're a kid. It was unique for the 1950s. That's for sure. Yeah. You know. I mean, if it wasn't for that movie, you can forget all the Price Corman stuff. You can you can forget Mario Bob and all the Italian stuff. You can forget everything. That changed everything. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's that, oh, yeah, that was the one that and, started uh, the 60s revivals. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Bob, the only one I would have programmed on here, but you did a great job, would be uh, the whip in the body. Yeah, it's another great one. Yeah, that was that. You know that that would have been right. That would have been a good one. It just you know. Yeah, there's so. There's but I, you, yeah, I mean. Or Crypt of the we'll Vampire. That in the future, we've done American yeah, Bob tonight. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Crypt of the Vampire yeah. is another one I, I like a lot. The Master of Sinkway, yeah. We wanted to do Starship Invasion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Leotard Lee. Yeah. <laughs> so, we do have some though. amusing Christopher Lee trailers. So, And I'm talking about trailers from everything, like things besides the horror films. Like, so, you'll uh, have salt some, and people pepper. have fun with it. He, well, yeah, there's the, um, you mean, um, uh, one more time, which is the oh, sequel. Oh, one more time, the sequel. Because yeah. the trailer, yeah, the trailer is uh, scheduled to show. The schedule, the trailer is great because you do see the Christopher Lee Dracula and Cushing Frankenstein cameo in the trailer. So, George, are you showing I Monster? No, we showed it. Uh, what year did we show it, Gene? What was that? We just, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I Monster. Well, it was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 it was never on. It was never on TV in Pittsburgh growing up, not one time, and it's never had a domestic release here in America. I never saw it. I've never seen the movie. Do you know that in New York, apparently it played on Channel 4, 
which is the NBC affiliate. In and they real like they didn't show many old horror films for some reason. They had when I was going through the old TV guy, and I think I remember the kids seeing it, but it was on like three in the morning, it was like really late, like maybe even later than three. And of course, I couldn't okay, stay up to watch it, so I never saw it till years later. And I then I think I, on cable, one of the out of state um, channels showed it. Twenty eleven. It was the last film on Saturday night in twenty eleven. The lineup for the twenty eleven Superman drama was actually. I'm going to read these off: Black Sabbath, Last Man on Earth, Castle of Blood, Island of the Doomed, and Saturday night was Doctor Five's Five's Rises Again. Count Yorga Vampire, and that Saturday night finished up with Eye uh, Monster. That yeah, I always night. wanted to see it. Yeah. Well, you know, Doug, Doug, i got to ask you a question, because I ask everybody that's a film uh, viewer in Pittsburgh, do you remember sure. at all growing up ever seeing Night of the Living Dead anywhere on, on TV? <laughs> yeah, my dad, when I was about... 11, 12 years old, which would have been like late 70s, like 79, my dad said, oh, I want you to watch this movie. It's really good. It was filmed in Pittsburgh. And I, but I, I think it was on maybe 1 o'clock in the morning, like maybe WPXI, which was WIIC at the time. Right, I remember. Uh, you know, it, it didn't run on Chiller Theater. If you go back and go through everything on Chiller Theater, it did not run. It wasn't listed on the Chiller Theater uh, memories page. And I actually asked Bill Cardill about it. And it didn't run on there until he posted a show with George Romero, you know, I think they were already off the air or close to being off the air. And I don't remember seeing it on uh, 53 or 22 or any of those. It's always been in the nick for me. I mean, you know, I don't remember ever seeing it on TV. I missed it somehow. I I actually saw Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, when I was like, I was about 11 or 12 when I saw saw Night Night. Yeah, late 70s. Okay. Okay, all right. I just wondered. I mean, that, that might be before my Not time. before then, though. No, it didn't. It was not in the, like, not in the early 70s or the, the 60s. I mean, it didn't come straight to television. That's a weird yeah. thing about it. Yeah, it's odd. I mean, all through the 80s it was on. Yeah. You, yeah, MTV do you showed it every Halloween. Do you remember right. the night that Silver Theater ran Don't Look in the Basement Out of Order? That's another big. <laughs> I I don't rem- I, I I love that movie. I don't remember seeing it on Killer Theater though. They ran it out of order. They started out with the the second reel and the first reel. Wow! <laughs> I thought yeah, that everyone came out of the grave on there. That's, that's, not yeah, realizing it was missing thirty minutes of footage. Yeah, no, that's that was on WOR here on yeah. Fright Night. And, yeah, and then when it came the out of order, I'm like, wow! I don't remember yeah, these things. Yeah, no, it's cut to really. <laughs> I, it's a film that shouldn't have even been on local TV because it was just cut to ribbons. It yeah, was always an hour and a half time slot. was not in there. <laughs> it was an hour and a half you know, time slot with commercials. I remember seeing it on WOR on a Sunday, early Sunday afternoon. It's like, what, how inappropriate is that? It's just, yeah. <laughs> Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Like, I would just, I'll tell you something. i got to say something. Our channel online, WOR, they must have had a sense of humor because I, I remember going, like, Lamore, you talk about Lamore. Lamore was, like, banned by the Catholic Church. They showed it on Catholic Sunday Church. afternoon. So I remember, like, you know, we, my family would go to church. Off, not like, Most Sundays, we, you know, my, my parents would drag us to church. But I remember seeing Lamore on a Sunday afternoon. So it was like, what a weird Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I saw the crazies on Channel 9 on a Sunday afternoon. And the crazies, except for, like, what they really had to cut, was pretty much uncut. So I'm seeing the scene where this priest 
where the priest sets himself on fire in the in the church in the you know the the, the, the churchyard on a again on a Sunday afternoon. It's like they really they must have been and then like they would show like stuff like Night Night came out of the grave, which you would think they did show late at night too, but it was just very weird for a Sunday. Because Sunday was more like in New York, it was at that up until that time it was mostly like more light fair. You'd see like. A lot of musicals and Abbott and Costello and Bowery Boys and Elvis movies, but WR at one point, like by the late seventies, they were like, they were, yeah, they were. They had like this. I think they had like a wicked sense of humor. It's like let's show us something a little more crazy. No, you're right. WR's was, was my introduction to Paul Nashi, and like every weekend in a row, they were showing like Dracula's Great Love and Werewolf and the Yeti, and they were leaving the nudity. And I was a young boy, and I was like. My God, I hope my parents don't come down and ruin this for me. You know, I was like, wow. Who is this? Yeah. I was like, who is this guy? You know, WR, they had the Asco Embassy. Did you get right. WR out there, or did you pick it up on cable? How did you get it when you watched it? Back uh, we in picked the day? it up on cable, and we have, and we, and we. Do you remember that Cleveland channel we had with Superhost? <laughs> yes. Yes. They played a lot of horror movies too. WR was weird because it depended on what part of the Pittsburgh area that you were. You were. Yeah, in. I'm in Allegheny Some County. Oh, you know, yeah. Are you in Allegheny County? Well, yeah. I mean, my relatives and everything. I I came. I I, I was actually outside the state and uh, then moved here. And uh, you know, most of the, my relatives and everything are in, the, in Butler County in Evans City. Ironically, how funny is that? Oh, right by Night of <laughs> Living Dead. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, yeah, we picked up WOR through the cable, and that's where I watched a lot of the horror movies growing up. That and Shiller Theater were my two go-tos for horror movies as a, as a kid. I grew up with my cousin saying how wonderful that was, well, saying how cool it was that movie was filmed there, but nobody in Evans City cared. It was, and I don't think a lot of them still do. They don't get it. Um, the other thing with Channel 22 was doing a thing called the Ghost Coast, I think, in the 70s, and then Pittsburgh had this other weird horror host called Scorpio, who was on Channel 53 in the afternoons, and he was sort of like this, this he looked like a Japanese anime character. He had, no, I remember he had, him. He had this eyeball. And you know what? They filmed it. They filmed that right on, they filmed it right off McKnight Road is where they filmed it, like where you pull off to go to Channel 53 and Channel 11 on Ivory Avenue. It's my <laughs> understanding that the casket out there, and that's where they filmed they filmed the opening credits for the for the movie for the host. How weird! But, yeah, um, now, I mean, WORs where I, where I saw Die Monster Die and Crucible of Terror. I, I had access to all those movies through WOR. I remember when I uh, got my big outdoor satellite dish in about eighty nine ninety. I was watching WOR and. Uh, it was broadcast on there. I got to see stuff like Adam Age Vampire. Yeah. Uh, you know, just different Dr. Blood's, ones. Dr. Blood's Coffin. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and Channel 2 in Pittsburgh, KDKA, did a science fiction thing in the afternoon called Science Fiction Theater. That, that last yeah, I remember that. Yep. The Godzilla movies on there. All the time. Gamera, Godzilla. Absolutely. And Channel 4, WCA, ran monster movies on Sunday morning for a while at 10 o'clock. And it, it was the it was the, um, the Gamera film and, and stuff. You know what? 
Invasion of the Star Creatures was part of that package, that syndicated package. Was that like an AIP TV package, George? What would that have been? Yeah, that would have been an AIP TV package. That's the first place I ever saw yeah. Invasion of the Star Creatures. Probably was the only place I ever saw that on on television. And I, I can't remember what year that was. I probably would have been 11 or 12, maybe, at the time. I think... Uh, AIP had three packages. The first one was mainly the pose. The second one was more of a mixed bag. It had uh, both of the five films, Comedy of Terror, uh, Premature Burial, uh, the two Before Time films, and a few Amicus films, too. We got uh, Asylum they showed every year. Yeah, well, the, the, I think the AIP packages, they changed, they, they kept changing over time. Because they were, yeah, they were different packages. I mean, in New York, the movies are so scattered. But we could tell that most of our local, you know, uh, channels had some kind of AIP package. Because Channel 7, w, uh, which is the ABC affiliate. WOR, the Channel 9, and Channel 11, which is WPIX, those three channels definitely had their own AIP package. They, they would show different ones. Like Doug was saying, like WOR had Diamond Monster Die. They had, um, then they had like a lot of the early 70s ones, like the Incredible 2 had a transplant and uh, Crucible of Terror. Terror. Yeah, I was talking about yeah. like the AIP. But they had like. Oh, oh okay, AIP, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That Monster Die was a Channel 53 Saturday afternoon <coughs> film. That was one of I the know. movies I did to get. And I woke up with nightmares, and my mother told me I couldn't watch horror movies anymore. Can you imagine? <laughs> dollar, dollar that didn't happen. That didn't stick. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching my yeah. father on a Saturday afternoon, and I, and I woke up in like cold sweat having that, that image of, of, of Frida Jackson like like disintegrating. Oh, yeah, and that was call, horrifying. And then the, the call-off stunt double... With the glowing, that I don't know why that terrified me, but that scared me that. too. No, that scared <laughs> I me mean, too. I mean, it scared the hell. I mean, I thought that was just so horrifying. I just, that was so scary. Funny. It's so funny. I think chasing them with the axe, Nick Adams and Suzanne Farmer with the. I mean, it was like, whoa, this is. This I have I have a I have a weird story about this. Yesterday, I was at Walmart and someone called me and they said, "What's Walmart like today?" And I said, "It's like a zoo in hell." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the Nick Adams line. It's like a zoo in hell. It's like a zoo in hell. Where in the world did you where did you hear that? And I said that's the best a line. I love that. Yeah, yeah. There's a 1950s movie called Die Monster Die, and he says he says very seriously, it's like a zoo in hell. You know, and, and I thought, God, this this applies to the North for sales, the North for sales Walmart. I was there yesterday. Hey George, where did you first? George, where did you first see some of the 50s stuff like Teenage Frankenstein? Do you remember where you first Definitely saw that? Definitely WPIX. WPIX, WPIX, WPIX okay. which had Chilla Theater on Saturday night. They had a 50s, they had the 50s AIP at that time. Later on, WR Channel 9 happened. But WPIX on, on, on Saturday night, Chilla Theater, prime time, they had Teenage Frankenstein, they had Teenage Werewolf, they had uh, The She Creature, they had How to Make a Monster. I think Terror from the Year 5000, all those, all those kind of things, yeah. The Monolith Monsters, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, I love that one. Yep. I was disappointed by Monolith Monsters because, you know, I saw that on Chiller Theater, 
with Bill Cardell. And you know, I it was when I found out it was just about these giant stones. I hated that movie, but you know, <laughs> since I got it on Blu-ray and DVD, you know, I I just watched it actually about I don't know two or three weeks ago, and it, it just fits in. And you know, so many of those 1950s movies take place in the desert. Have you guys noticed that? It's like there's a section with the American Southwest and all those. Well, that's where they did the atomic bomb test. So all they had to do is put it in the desert, and they could just yeah, they they all shot the Brosnan Canyon. They use that location for everything. And Doug, you gotta talk George into doing a giant 50s bug night at the drive-in because I've been telling him he's got to do a giant bug night for years. So I want to see a giant bug. All right. So that so that would be them. <laughs> uh, yeah, them, uh, them. The one about the one with the grasshoppers from Bird Eye Gordon. <laughs> Beginning of the end. Yeah. Yeah. The what? The, the grasshoppers that that climb up the building into the sky. <laughs> the climb off the, the building. The painting. Yeah. <laughs> Wasp woman. <laughs> Yeah, if you're talking about giant bug movies, you can't take that movie seriously. You have to think about uh, Tarantula, <laughs> Deadly Manus, and uh, the Black Scorpion. And, and the even Black Scorpion is questionable. You just want to see movies where Morris Ankrum plays a general. That's the thing. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, also, Food of the Gods. That was great. <laughs> that was the first was- Monster Round movie we ever showed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hey, does Squirm count? That was in the first ever Monster Rama, yeah. Squirm. Who's my, yeah. Squirm. Who God, Squirm. Empire of the Ants. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and and Frog followed on the second one. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that well, Nature Strikes thing. Back is, is uh, you know, Nature Strikes Back type movies from the 70s. <clears throat> That's, I, I'd like to bring that some of those back, you know. In the future, near future, we'll you know we'll see. Yeah, get a Tennessee boy in there, William Girdler, get Grizzly. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's not that's not far from. Actually, you know, that's been that's, that's been Grizzly was just discussed. <laughs> it was yeah. just discussed actually as a possibility, and I always like yeah, it. but because Grizzly like and, and Day of the Animals, you know, would, would be uh, I think they're fun to see it's as a driving. So, yeah. yeah, and then um. I like the movie Prophecy too, with the killer bear. Yeah, with the killer um, bear. <laughs> I, I, I saw that in the theater in the, in the '80s, or set with the '70s. And you know what? I think it, I saw it. I saw it for some reason. You know, back in the day, Pittsburgh never got movies on time, and I think that Prophecy was playing in one theater, and um, uh, what's the other one? Alien was playing, and I had to make a choice, and I chose Prophecy. And my dad took me to see that. I went to see Alien later, and um, actually, I went into a I went into a, a uh, bookstore and saw the graphic novel for Alien, and was mad that I chose Prophecy over Alien. I think you did the right choice because <laughs> Prophecy wasn't, you know, a lot of people didn't see that in the theater, whereas yeah. Alien, you know, and they keep bringing it back. So the trailer with the girl getting slung against the tree and exploding. Unfortunately, the, the first time I saw Prophecy. <laughs> Was on like the ABC Friday Night Movie in right. I guess around eighty eighty one eighty two yeah. I don't remember yeah. 
But it was yeah, like so dark, and it was like pan, it was pan and skin. It was so dark you couldn't see anything that was going on. I remember why, like right. you know, and it was on a few times. I remember watching a couple of times, and I I couldn't see anything that was going on. You know, all those outdoor wood scenes at night. Uh, a double feature of the Killer Shrews and Deadly Eyes. I don't okay. even know if there's a good Killer Shrews I'll be sitting there alone <laughs> counting my losses. <laughs> What's wrong? Don't people like killer dachshunds and rat suits? Yeah, I guess so. No, greyhound. I thought it was greyhound. No, yeah, in Deadly awful. Eyes, they're actually killer dachshunds. <laughs> oh. Deadly Eyes, I remember uh, seeing on HBO. Yeah. I think that, yeah. Bill seen that on his, Bill, actually Bill, Groovy Doom is on right now for people that are watching and uh, listening. He's showing um. He's doing Invasion of the Bee Girls tonight, and what's the second film? And Vampires, the Joseph Larez Vampires. <laughs> yeah, good choices. So, uh, a great thanks to Bill as well. Bill designs the T-shirts for um for the show and <laughs> up from uh, in Texas. Uh, Joe Garcia, thumbs up. Joe does a fantastic job on the production for the shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they're exactly what we want. We want something that looks like a, like a black and white rock and roll shirt, horror shirt. And um, between him and Bill, you know, George comes up with the concept. We pitch it, and those guys create magic. That's how it happens. And really one of the last hope. questions. Are fatties out of luck yet with the T-shirt? Oh, I mean, uh, are those about of that. You mean the big sizes, uh, yeah. Rotown physiques. <laughs> are we I, are we out of luck yet when it comes to the t-shirt? He means do you have any more 6Xs? Yeah. For <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I don't understand the word he's saying. I I'm translating it for you. That's I'm the I'm the I'm the interpreter. What I'm looking for the Hey, yes. <laughs> Are you still yeah. asleep? I'm still over. <laughs> what size did you want? No, I was just asking for uh, the people <laughs> who ain't there. Are the big, what sizes are left? Because you've been saying you are. That's a good question. Low on no, some size. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you right now. Probably uh, four. Uh, Four small, four medium, um, ten XL, maybe double uh, X, maybe twenty. Three X, I can't promise because there were a few X to three X, and there's there's some people who are actually writing and asking if we have them. So I don't even know if we're going to have them for next week. And there's absolutely because he has one. He has one just. He has one just goddamn huge shirt size. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have any four or five. That's not a special order, you know. The cost. That's the one cost thing that's the, always been the same here. Their T-shirts always sell out. You, pretty much before yeah. the first day is over. They we sell a lot. It's like I said at the beginning of this this podcast. We sell a lot because people. The thing that surprises us is one person will walk up and they'll buy like five shirts, and that's it, you know. And and they go as quick. <laughs> possible um a lot of times there's nothing left there's very little 
we didn't have a lot left on Saturday in April, did we, George? I think it was down. No, no. It was people from bought Friday, and, and you know that's why we're saying you have to reserve them online. It takes nothing. You PayPal the amount. We put your name on it. We pull it aside, and you come. It's sitting there ready. Uh, same thing for the mail order. We're, we're getting people from out of the country. We're doing mail order. We've been doing mail order to Canada, and uh, we we did it again this year and this show. Uh, there's, we have a lot of fans across the border that uh, can't make it down for one reason or the other. It's about 25 to ship up there. and uh, they have, you know, We have a lot of fans in Canada. That Canada seems to be big on Monsterama and Gino Vanelli. So we saw yeah, that. Well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> we're back. You know, back, back in the day before we before we were doing anything social social media or whatever, we were surprised that people. I would be up at the box office and people would be coming in with Toronto, you know, and, and from different parts of Ontario and stuff. And it was amazing, you know. I'd say to George, you know, there's folks here from Canada that drove all the way down. I mean, really. Toronto's not that far from Pittsburgh. There's been people that have flown in from Florida, people that have flown from California for the trip, um, all over the United States. And it, it's, you know, people come on vacation. It's great. They they, they come. We yeah, we had somebody flying from that came in from Mexico. He, yeah. he was lost, but he, he came to the show. Yeah. And how about and how about the the the, the French German film crew that. That were deaf. <laughs> that showed up. I know. Can you make this stuff up? It's like something out of a fucked up. The French movie. German television crew that we tried to. Tell, but yeah, like I remember telling them, like you know, I do this show, and they're like, they didn't want to interview me. <laughs> like, they didn't, they didn't yeah, they came and uh, they and then like two years later. Somehow, someone did I find it or you found it? Someone I don't remember. I was I lost interest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they picked the strangest people that they could possibly pick that were at Monsterama. That just and you're biting your fingernails, going, "Please don't talk crazy because this is an international documentary." <laughs> I think they came. They, they thought it was. Crazy. They thought the event. They thought the event was avant-garde, Mama. Rama. Yeah. I thought it was avant-garde Rama, and they came to the wrong show. And horrifying. Uh, and when they saw Paul Nashi and, and Bare Breath, they kind of got, you know. We have the footage from our archive, but it was uh, it, it was definitely weird that they, you know, they uh, were hanging out with us. And, yeah, I remember uh, they I were hanging. They, and then after after the screening of Blood and Lace, this this woman threw a beret at my head. <laughs> they were obsessed with the, they were obsessed with the, they had this weird angle with this documentary it was about uh the whole american driving uh, phenomenon but they were obsessed with the food they were like eating everything and talking about it so they they probably did have fun okay i'm sure because yeah, it was like a tw- I was sitting outside with a pizza, and they come, they come like, is it good? Is it good? And I'm like, what? Well, I just remember, <laughs> I just remember several of them were dead. I couldn't think about how they were going to do a documentary. You know, I was like, okay, the, the sort of some, uh, what do you call it, boundaries here. 
but I did see the final product, and it was actually really good. You know, probably Google Monsterama French documentary, probably on the Internet somewhere, on YouTube. So, of course, I'm doing that while we're talking right now. Yeah, and, well, it's time to uh, do the show. And it, go ahead, people, buy your tickets in advance. Because you don't want to just show up there and get turned away. And we should mention if you're paying, if you go to camp, you can also get, you know, tickets for camping in advance as well. Yeah, that's a, yeah. So you're guaranteed, that. you know, you're guaranteed, the, you know, a spot for camping if you want to buy in advance. And you know what else? You can also we just had a, we had a message uh, about two days ago through the page, and someone was asking if they could leave the property. You can't leave the property. Yeah, there's uh, wristbands that are color-coordinated depending on how many nights right. you're staying, if you're camping, what, you know. So, yeah, that's not an issue. But just pay so I can afford to buy gasoline and peanut butter next month. So I don't try to get it for people. free. And, a lot of people and have, uh, <laughs> well, this is important for me. And if you see Gina George... At the fest, make sure to thank them for all their hard work. Just don't pick my wallet. And Steve, we feel the same way about you. You know, we we, we look forward to doing your show every single year. And um, why should I pick the wallet? I'd rather steal the raffle basket money. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he did a phenomenal job on that, didn't he? This time, so yeah, it's good stuff. Make sure that you uh, that we're doing that as well. Oh God, I'm going. I'm trying to find that documentary. You should see the terrible stuff that's popping up about French people and driving. Uh, how on, how? All right, we'll be there with our parades on. If anyone is listening, uh, anyway. So, well, Steve, thank you for everything. As always, yeah. I appreciate it. Well, and thank I'm you actually, guys for doing it for 16 years. I'm still trying to yeah, figure out what the sound three. effects are all about, but. Uh, Josh had some new earbuds, and he did not realize the power that he was welding. Right. Right, and he does interviews out of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We, love, we love you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. For... Josh is a staple at Monster Bash and at the drive-in. Thanks, Josh, for... The years of support as well. It's so important to everybody. And, you know, this whole thing has become more about a family getting together twice a year for me more than anything else. And that means a lot. It's good stuff. Right? Amen. Yes, sir. And uh, thank you. Uh, Good night. Good night. Good night. Out, well, probably two of two out of the four Thank of us. We'll see you at the bash. We'll see you, we'll at, see you the at the Monsterama. Yeah, with Joe Flaherty. Woo. <laughs> Joe Flaherty yeah. from SCTV. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Count, Count Floyd. Yes. 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 <laughs> he's coming to Pittsburgh. He's, but he's not Blood-sucking monkeys West from West Mifflin, Pennsylvania. I was about to say, but he's not going to be in West Mifflin because of the blood-sucking monkeys. <laughs> 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 Poor for Texas with the rat yeah. packs. <laughs> <laughs> Poor, you know, the rest, 
if Wes Mifflin hasn't had a bad enough rap already, now they, they, they must suffer from that. For decades of butt-sucking thanks to Joe Flaherty. I truly believe that's why their Walmart's terrible. <laughs> you know, it's like a zoo in hell. <laughs> it's like a zoo in hell. <laughs> and good night, there you everybody. Go. All right. Good night, guys. Take Thank care, you so guys. much. Good night, Bye. Yeah. Good night, night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must. Well